Blog Talk Radio. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You've heard about it. You've read about it. You've talked about it. And now, you've found it. This is Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio, the largest radio social network in the world, with your host, Alan Smith, a veteran of OTR trucking, business entrepreneur, and the most recognized name for assisting CDL students and new graduates. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Truth About Trucking Live begins right now. And welcome back to the show. Today is Thursday, July 25th, 2013. Alan and Donna Smith here with you as your host of Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. And this year's flying by, July almost over already, August 1st right around the corner. And Donna, August 1st, big it's day ring- coming up. What about that? It's ringing a bell. Hold on. I'll think of it in a minute. <laughs> well, August 1st, <laughs> big, big birthday coming up. So, man, the year, and here it is, man. July's almost gone. Can you believe it? No, I can't. I mean, I just feel like we did July 4th. And and now it's birthday time. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you know our guest. You know he's with. Um, they practice uh, social security benefits. You might want to oh, talk yeah. to him about oh, that. Yeah. All right. All, All right. right. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in the doghouse yeah, now. Yeah. So, well, this evening, uh, truth about trucking live is going legal. Our special guest, attorney Rod Ram, is the founder of TruckerLawyers.com and has been representing truckers for over 30 years while practicing workers' compensation and personal injury law for over 40. And his law practice, Ram Bennett and Moore, located in the great state of Nebraska, also practices in the areas of trucking accidents, employment law, social security disability law, and they also do uh, much more, such as often helping truckers nationwide through referrals to attorneys in their own state due to uh, differences in state laws, which we'll discuss more about as the evening progresses. Uh, Mr. Ram is a member of the uh, Board of Directors of the Workers' Injury Law and Advocacy Group, a nationwide group that advocates for injured workers. He is rated AV preeminent by Martindale Hubble, which is the most prominent attorney rating service in the industry, and they are highly active in social media, reaching out to professional truck drivers, answering questions, providing assistance, and so forth through Twitter, where you can find them on Twitter as uh, at truck uh, at lawyers, and on Facebook as well at facebook.com forward slash lawyers. and something you may not be aware of. They also have a blog where they post on numerous topics of the law, and you can find their blog at workerscompensationwatch.com. Dot com. But this evening, we have them here. Our number, if you'd like to ask Mr. Ram a question and be a part of the show, 347-826-9170. Attorney Rod Ram of TruckerLawyers.com. Our show this evening coming up on Truth About Trucking Live. You're listening to Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. 
Alan Smith will be right back. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here with Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. Have you been driving a big rig for a while now and considering starting your own business as an owner-operator? Well, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. With a small down payment and monthly payments around $1,000 or less, you make the monthly payment and when the final payment is made, they hand over the title. It really is that simple. There is no big balloon payment at the end, and secondly, the truck is yours, not a lease plan under one truck and company. So if becoming an owner-operator is your goal, do it the right way. Do it the best way. Contact Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free at 866-512-5685. That's LoneMountainTruck.com. And be sure to tell them that you heard about them on Truth About Trucking Live. Hey, thanks again for listening to Truth About Trucking Live. And I want to tell you about XRS Corporation and how they're leading the way for the industry's mobile technology. XRS puts the power to improve every aspect of trucking in the hands of the ones who matter the most, the drivers. Named to honor the natural evolution of Zada, their previous name, and Road Science, their ongoing business focus, XRS is a company and a breakthrough mobile technology platform dedicated to alleviating the increasing demands on drivers drivers, owner-operators, and fleet managers. XRS is leading the trucking industry's migration to mobile devices for collecting and analyzing compliance and management data. Through XRS, fleet managers, owners, and drivers can collect, sort, view, and analyze data to help lower costs, increase safety, attain compliance with governmental regulations, and improve customer satisfaction all through their mobile devices. Their simple plug-and-play solution eliminates costly equipment purchases, installation, and training by delivering intuitive cloud-based technology built directly through all major wireless carriers to virtually any mobile device. For more information, visit them at xrscorp.com, and you can also find them on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. XRS Corporation, dedicated to making the life of the driver easier. Learn more about their breakthrough mobile technology platform. Check them out at xrscorp.com. This is Truth About Trucking Live with Alan Smith. To be a part of the program, call in now at 347-826-9170. Skype users can call in by clicking on the Skype button on our show page. To be a sponsor of the show, email Donna at info at truthabouttrucking.com. Now, back to the show. Okay, we're back. Donna, you ready over there? I'm ready. All right, well, let's get rolling. Our guest, Attorney Rod Rem of TruckerLawyers.com. And, Mr. Rem, welcome to the show. appreciate you being here this evening. Hey, thank you. Can you hear me? Oh, we can hear you good. Yeah, and I, I am hey, I saying your name right. My... Well, yeah, my parents call me Reem, but that's okay. I am oh, okay. 
Okay, okay, Rod Ream. Okay, you know, that's something I probably should have found out before I started the show. But <laughs> uh, All right, well, listen, glad to have you here. Um, you know, when, when we have a – go ahead. I'm excited to be here. I've done this on one other radio show, and, and it's a very interesting experience for me to hear what people's questions are about the law. Uh, it's always fun for me, so I'm ready to answer questions and looking forward to it. Well, glad to have you. And you know, whenever when we have a legal show like this, you know, I, I get a lot of emails from drivers, and they're at, they ask me uh, quite often. You know, just very legal questions. You know, and my my first response is, you know, hey, you know, I'm no attorney. I I don't want to even get involved in that. So when we have a legal show like this, you know, I I find it it's best to uh, instead of me jumping in there with a question, I want to make sure you know you get uh, your points in there and things that you know you deem important that you want the listeners to know. So I'll just kind of throw it back at you and kind of let you start. Uh, you know, where you uh, care to start at. Okay. Uh, I, I find truckers' work injuries to be a real interesting area because truckers, I, I think, have unique problems, and uh, and there's in, in many respects it's harder for them to get treated fairly than somebody who works in a factory, goes home at night, etc. With, with the nature of uh, the work of truckers, uh, it's Un, not uncommon. In fact, it's very common that they get hurt hundreds, if not thousands, of miles away from home where they have no support, uh, other than you know the communication that they have um, on board, and they just have some very unique problems. Uh, figuring out what law uh, covers their case, whether it's the state where they're injured, or the state where they live, or the state where they were hired, or the state where the company is headquarters is a uh, difficult and uh it's important for a trucker to to have good advice i think to figure out what his best options are uh we work on this you know constantly where our approach is if we need a team of lawyers uh we we get it you know a lawyer in nebraska where, where i live and practice predominantly a lawyer in Kansas, a lawyer in Missouri, you know, just regionally, we may all be working on the same case because of the way jurisdictions cross over. It's a, a challenging uh, area for lawyers, and uh, people don't know. I don't. I, I think a lot of truckers don't realize that they can get compensated in more than one state, and the benefits are different in from state to state. And the, the the differences can be very stark. We have uh, uh, I've had instances where the law in Nebraska, which isn't a particularly generous state, was different than the neighboring states, and, and the, we we got literally ten times more money under Nebraska law without doing anything spectacular, just following the law, than they could get in the other states because of those differences. Well, and I, I think that's I think that's a very confusing part. I know it is always for me. One of the first questions I always ask an attorney is, "Well, okay, you're in Nebraska, I'm in Florida, uh, you know, and in the the different laws in each state, but you you but that's one service you can help too. I mean, you can refer me to one here. Y'all all kind of work together, and I and like you said, I think that's a 
big, big problem where, you know, people like me that just doesn't know all the laws, I mean, they might be um, uh, hurting themselves, uh, just as you said. I mean, I could get, maybe I could get something here in Florida and something there in Nebraska if the accident happened there. So that's what you're saying, yeah, and I, I mean, I can give you an example without naming names. I just took in a case for a gentleman who was uh, uh, injured in southern Georgia, about as far south in Georgia as you can get. He lives in Indiana. Uh, the trucking company that uh, he works for is located in Kentucky, and the truck that he's buying and kind of tied into the lease purchase stuff and is based in Indiana. And in his case, nobody wants to pay him anything. They're saying there's no workers' comp, no no coverage, no anything, and we're trying to sort through. I mean, obviously my state has nothing to do with it, but I'm communicating with lawyers in Georgia, which would have jurisdiction. You almost always have have a case where you're injured and comparing that with Kentucky and Indiana to try to figure out which way would a pay him more money. And and you always have to kind of talk about convenience. Sometimes it's just smarter to stay at home, so to speak, even if you're going to get a little less, a little less money uh, rather than get all the travel expense of having to go to court, you know, a thousand miles from home. So truckers are at kind of a disadvantage. I mean, they they really need help. And if they don't get help, they usually get whatever state pays the less, the least, is is what typically happens because the insurance companies and the trucking lines understand. Well, now, when you say that nobody wanted to pay them any workers' compensation, I mean, that's a big, big problem for um, owner-operators, lease operators, independent contractors because uh, I assume they're looking at him like, well, he's self-employed, so workers' compensation uh, doesn't apply here. But that's where you guys come in and say, oh, wait a second, yeah, maybe it does. Yeah, and it it frequently does because of their laws are are fairly uh, well-defined on what, what are the factors in determining whether a driver is actually an independent contractor or if he's uh, a statutory employee, you know, according to who controls the loads they're getting, uh, et cetera. You know, the more control that uh, the trucking line has, the uh, more likely that the driver is going to be, be uh, determined to be an employee rather than an independent contractor. And, uh, yeah, Donna, I think there's something we uh, we read something the other day about where they're even looking at trying to change that uh that definition and description. Oh, of, they've been doing that for, for a while. long time. Yeah, for quite a while. It's coming back up again though, right? Yeah. And uh well, I I'm just curious on one thing. Um does it matter uh, which which state the trucking company is? Is that what you're saying that they they use the state that will create the least amount of um, compensation for the driver. It can matter. You know, uh, Nebraska has two big trucking lines out here, uh, Creek Carrier and Warner. Warner is the big one, the biggest one. They try to, to uh, drive all their cases through Nebraska law just because they have in-house lawyers, and it's cheaper for them to just run everything through here. The Nebraska law says that 
you can sue uh, in this state if your principal place of business is in this state. So regardless of where you got hurt, regardless of where you got hired. It, the laws are different in different states. For instance, in Iowa, which is you know just across the river from us, uh, you can't necessarily sue your employer just because they're headquartered there. There has to be some proof that the, the, the worker uh, did a substantial amount of work in Iowa in order to be able to sue in Iowa. So it's hard for me to give a black and, and white answer because it's not a, it's, it isn't black and white. I mean, it is when you read the statute. Right. But uh, uh, it's confusing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope I didn't confuse you further with my answer, <laughs> but I, I, I'm 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 wondering. Um, do you? I know you have a blog. We were we were both reading it uh, today, yeah. and we've tweeted out quite a few articles from your blog because it is quite informative. Um, but do you have like a breakdown on your blog somewhere? Maybe I missed that explains a little bit about uh, speak what, up a little. what you're trying to explain. Uh, I'm not sure. I, you know, that, I'm, that now you got me worried that our blog is confusing. We'll have to look at. Well, that. no, it's not confusing. It has great articles, but sometimes you know there's there's you know static pieces that you can search yeah. for, and you do have a search bar here, so I could actually um, search for it. But I was just being lazy and asking you. <laughs> You know, honestly, we have a really wonderful gal who you know, Emily. That's our social Emily. media person, and she could she could answer that question, and she would have already answered it ten different ways. But I apologize, yeah, I I'm not. Yeah, well, I'm just I'm gonna I am gonna ask her because she is so thorough on everything, yeah. and um, she's actually such a joy to to speak to, and I, I'm. Going to miss her this year. I'm going to miss all of you this year um, at the convention. Um, but uh, yeah, that I was will. a good I time. We were, uh, yeah, it was. It was we great. We were looking forward to it. I know. Yeah. Well, I know. Don't make me feel bad because I'm going through withdrawals and uh, already. And uh, but yeah, I'm already talking. You know, to a few people um, about next year and being optimistic. You know about the different. Um, Right. Medical issue res- resolutions going on right now, so um, yeah, we'll just be optimistic. But so you got a lot of people going on for you. I know I do, and it's it's so wonderful. Um, I've received so many emails and um, text messages, and uh, if you know, I I just feel like that in itself can you know can heal your soul and and make you better, but. Yeah, we're going to miss everybody um, a whole bunch this year. So, But with that being said... Yeah, um, be- before you start crying over there... I know, um, I know. There, uh, again, our guest, his, uh, his, their blog is at workerscompensationwatch.com. A lot of great articles over there. And uh, I tell you what, we've got some callers just lining up. Let's just grab a few here. So uh, let's go to uh, first caller up... Uh, uh, Minnesota area code two one eight. Go ahead, you're on the you're on the show. Yes, hello. Um, Hi. I you you're uh, you handle workers' compensation cases and yes. Okay. Yeah. No, I I've had an injury uh, back in 2010, and my question is, uh, this is still not settled with. 
workers' compensation uh, company, um, and I'm still receiving treatment, but since they've written me off with uh, NIME, of course. So right. is, there, is there ways of expediting this? I'm, I'm wondering if my attorney is just not the right man for the job. Well, I'm very reluctant to criticize another attorney without knowing all the facts, but you know, lawyers are like anybody else. Some are more aggressive than others. Some are more... Yep. Are more passive, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, all right. Yes, we have. We have. It, we it have varies from state to state too. You know, because if this is a Minnesota claim, I would have no way of telling you how the procedures work. You know, okay. there are things you can do to to push harder, but okay. you know, it's okay for a, a lawyer in that jurisdiction to give you a second opinion if you want to go out and have somebody uh, look at what's going on and tell you whether they think that something is being missed. Okay. Do you do you okay. have a referral for him if he if he called you privately? I I noticed on Yes, I do and then I could also give him a Yes, I I could I could depending upon the state, I have a I'm a member also of a group called the Ape American Bar Association Workers Comp College and I've got a kind of a dual set of referral sources where we try to send people to very experienced and very good workers' comp oh. lawyers, so that if they can't okay. handle it themselves because of you know geographic reasons, they can usually send somebody to a good lawyer in the in the right area. You know, get, get you hooked up with somebody that knows sure. what they're doing. Okay. Yeah. So I we my attorney had sent out an offer to the, the opposing attorney back in March. We just received a ply last week. <laughs> And uh well, you know, you know I tell you what, I think that that's a that's a bargaining tech that's a bargaining tactic. Yeah. That yeah. that that insurance companies all engage in. I don't know if you ever saw that old movie Fargo where yeah, the lead sure, character sure. was a car salesman and you know, yeah. they show him back in the in the office where you know, after he tells every time you go to buy a car, you know, they have to go talk to the manager, you know, and here yeah, they show yeah. what everybody thinks is going on, he's just back drinking coffee and screwing mm-hmm. off. And yeah, I think yeah. insurance companies do a lot of that to people just to, to make them anxious, make them nervous, try to get you to take a uh, a settlement just to get it over with. Yeah, that's that's not going to happen in this case, that's for sure. How uh, many months did you wait? Well, you know, from mid-March uh, until last week, Sam. We got an, a reply, and the reply was, well, less than adequate, of course. So, mm. something that's All right, well, listen, I tell you, the best uh, you can um, uh, contact uh, Mr. Ream uh, through truckerlawyers.com, and they have that All referral right, service, and I'm sure he'll hook you up. All right, thank you. Thank you. All right. All right, okay, thanks. Thank you. All right, appreciate the call, uh, Colorado area code seven two zero. Welcome to the show. Go ahead. Oh, Colorado, you there? All right, they might have stepped out of their truck, Donna. I think so. Okay, well, well, you know, right? I hear that a lot too. I mean, it surprises me how long these things. I mean, he said he first filed, I believe, in two thousand ten. Here it is, three years later. I mean, these things can go on for quite a while. 
Yeah, and, and part of that has to do the, the delay. Some delays are unavoidable because you have to wait for the doctors to complete treatment and uh, <clears throat> make a determination that the, the person can't get any better before you really know what they're entitled to. And uh, there's kind of an old-school way of looking at injuries that a lot of doctors won't put a person at maximum improvement and say, this is it, this is because you're going to be until about a year after the accident. Uh, that's probably in, a, in, a, in the driver's best interest to have somebody be patient and really watch what happens to them and figure out, you know, if they are disabled rather than just push it through. Uh, so how do they get paid work, while they're... Well, how do they get paid if they're disabled? Um, who, well, it, I mean, under under workers' compensation, if the doctor's taking them off work due to the injury, they're supposed to get paid some sort of temporary benefit. Most states pay about two thirds of their wages tax free, right. so that the idea is is that they get approximately the same amount of money uh, they were being paid before they got hurt. Uh, most states also have a cap on how much you can get so that the really well-paid employee will have a hardship because the the two-thirds just isn't going to be enough. It isn't going to cover, you know, what they had been making. Some of the more more generous states don't have a cap or it's very high. For instance, Illinois, uh, I think their maximum benefit in Illinois is over $1,500 a a week if somebody's really highly compensated. And, then and what happened? Uh huh. Not even meeting the two thirds. Right. Okay. Um, what happens if someone? And I'm, I'm sure this must. You've come across this in 30 years. Um, they really they got hurt. There's they're, they're in pain. They can't do things, and they file a claim and they're denied. The the workman's comp. Uh, can't find anything, but they they really are in a lot of pain. Let's say, what what do, what do they do then? I mean, they they can't work. They're they're in pain. What goes on? Does no, that ever happen? That's that's a classic example of when they need a lawyer that's aggressive that'll that will take take them through their their system. Some states have courts. We in Nebraska we have workers' comp cases are decided by a workers' compensation court. And other states have commissions where, you know, it's not a, an official court, but but they do the same thing. And uh, then there's a process for resolving the case. It's, it's like a trial. Uh, the, the, the delay in most states is greater than six months from the time that you file papers asking for somebody to decide what you're entitled to. And, and even getting a hearing. Six months, wow. At least. And and in At, the meantime, you, you don't have greater. anything come. You don't have anything coming in, which. Uh, That's right. It's very harsh for some people where the claim is denied. Very harsh. Now, what happens? Um, do you advise someone who's been injured to see their own physician also? If at all possible. Absolutely. Okay, because because do you ever come across where, you know, the um, the drivers 
physician says you have this and it's much more serious than the workman comp uh, lawyer, uh, doctor? We get that every day of the week. Okay. And what do you do in a case like that? Well, you try to persuade the people on the other side of the case that they should follow the treating the, the family doctor or the doctor that's treated them in the past that knows who they are. But if mm-hmm. you can't resolve it, then you have to go into the formal dispute resolution, you know, either a trial if it's a court or a hearing in front of a commissioner. Mm-hmm. Um, some states have sort of a shortcut procedure where you can get a hearing on just a, a treatment issue. For instance, if the question is the family, you know, the, the, the doctor that knows the trucker says he needs this kind of treatment and the insurance doctor says, oh, no, he's fine, he doesn't need any treatment at all. In some states there's a short circuit thing where you just look at treatment, you know, and maybe you can get that resolved very quickly. Most states don't have that. Most states still require going through that whole process. Mm-hmm. Uh, of, of like a trial. And, wow. And, yeah, and it, in the meantime, they're just, you know, hurting, can't do anything, and, and they're out of luck, really. Um, I have another yeah, I mean, question. In, in the short run, it's a, a, the um, truckers have so, some benefits because they're considered uh, in most states to be traveling workers, and traveling workers pretty much can have workers compensation for anything that happens when they're on the on the on the road you know if somebody gets hurt on a layover where in between loads uh, even if they aren't driving the truck for the boss you know that can be covered as workers comp i had a former client of mine from georgia that got hurt four or five years ago we got him workers comp for one of the nebraska companies and now he was in a wreck and uh, Colorado just two days ago and, and I got him hooked up with a Colorado lawyer who thinks they can get him on workers comp out there because it happened happened there because of the traveling rule. Oh, so there okay. are some advantages for, for truck drivers that other people don't necessarily have. Uh, I see. But there's a lot of disadvantages and a lot of complications that other workers simply don't have to put up with. Mm-hmm. Um, I had another question come to mind. Uh, does it ever happen that um, there's some kind of uh, faulty equipment and the driver, you know, gets into... Yes. Yeah, okay, you know where I'm going with this. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that, if that, that could be a big if, legal if battle. Happens, yes, if that happens, the driver can recover both workers' compensation and sue the the manufacturer of the faulty equipment or the defective product for uh, benefits as well. So those kinds of cases, if you're suing for some some sort of defective product, are are extremely expensive because you have to get engineers to find out exactly what's wrong to prove it in court and. Uh, they're very lengthy. Those cases might run three, four, five years. Okay. And let me ask you, you know, um, these are all things, you know, that that come up that I'm thinking from things in the past. 
And right. um, Alan, do you, do you have anybody um, with their hand up over there? Am I taking? I think, I think we have Kari back. Okay, well hold on, Kari, because um, <laughs> I have to. <laughs> she, she may have a question outside your area of practice, but we're going to give it a shot anyway. But go ahead, Donna. Well, you know, and and, and another thing that um, I remember that has come up is, let's say there is uh, a maintenance issue on a company truck that hasn't been addressed and that causes uh, an accident for the driver. And the driver gets hurt because of this. Has that ever come up in 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 your 30 40 years Oh yeah Okay I mean Oh it does okay if, I mean because if a lot of times was done by, if the maintenance was done by the employer that doesn't really affect I mean that that doesn't grant the employee any additional lawsuits or any additional claims under most state laws uh, there might be some benefits under the, the, some federal laws for violation of uh, the uh, oh gosh, help me out here the the, the Trucking Safety Act. I mean, I can't think of the letter of the alphabet right now. Uh, oh, what the oh, uh, the FMCSA or um, the, the yeah. CSA? Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. There, there might be an additional remedy uh, that uh, our friend Paul Taylor up in Minnesota would, could be aware of for uh, the, the carrier or the, the company failing to do their maintenance properly. But I, you know, it, does, it doesn't expand your rights under the workers' comp law that the employer was negligent, you, and because there's a historic rule called the it's it's in place in almost all states called the exclusive remedy rule that says that if you're hurt on the job your exclusive remedy only remedy against the employer is workers comp okay okay that's historical that goes back to uh the fact that workers comp is is relatively new in the law it's only about a hundred years old the first workers comp law that covered workers in the United States was enacted in Massachusetts in 20 in 1911 and in my state we were the eighth state in the country that had workers comp and it, we we enacted it in 1913 so we're we're having the centennial of it and it was called a grand bargain at the time because it limited the amount of money you could recover but it made it easier to recover money if you were hurt on the job up until the workers comp laws were passed it was nearly impossible for a worker to recover anything for getting hurt on the job. There were rules that created defenses that made it literally impossible to get any money if you got hurt at work. And so 100 years ago or so, America just across the country enacted laws that at least allowed workers to get paid limited damages. It used to be if you were partly at fault, for a work injury, you couldn't get paid. Now, if you're at fault, you can you can get paid. It doesn't matter if you were, if you were careless. Okay. Well, so what you're saying is, if there was um, if there was a maintenance defect, and um, a lot of times, you know, the driver will even 
report like something is um like the brakes or something brakes or, or something right. is, is sent out and they'll say well you know make it to the next terminal or or something like that and then there's some kind of an accident the driver gets hurt um are you saying then that they would have to have two separate claims for that one for the injury and one for the um uh, I'm, I'm what I'm saying uh what I'm saying is that would be a workers' comp action only. Okay. Uh, in in terms of getting benefits and payments for your damages from the employer, you, you uh-huh. couldn't sue the employer for negligent repair. Okay. Okay, you couldn't. And the differences between that kind of lawsuit, if you had that right, would be you could get paid for pain and suffering and 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 potentially more money than you get reco- than you get from your workers comp case cuz workers comp has got more limited benefits than like a car wreck. Uh, okay. For the same injury the person in the car wreck can collect more money. So you're saying that it's either or? I mean you have to go one way or the other but you can't do both? Well you you don't you don't even have the choice. Uh, oh, okay. In most states if it's on the job on the workers' comp is is your only benefit. Yeah, that's a benefit, it used but I to guess be different. I... There's been a big legislative battle. Let me just say, there's been a big war over workers' comp that's been ongoing in earnest for the last 25 years or so. Because about 25 years ago, the insurance industry uh, and and chambers of commerce and so forth. Uh, decided that workers' comp was too expensive, and the, and there's been a this year in year out battle to take away rights in the legislatures right. and uh before that battle this workers comp war started uh there were many states that would have allowed you to sue an employer if they were negligent you, know, you could you could you could do what seems fair but the the political climate has changed over the last several years and virtually all the changes in legislation for workers comp has been anti worker and pro business. Right. So this you know, this goes even I mean we're not even talking just about drivers. We're we're talking about you know, if you're working, you know, in a factory somewhere and they right. didn't they didn't, you know, hold down some piece of equipment and it goes and falls on you. Um, right. You can't sue the company. No. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's surprising. I think I'm, there'd I'm be, really be surprised. Negligence in there, but, but I guess as far as a driver, um, I mean, they do have the CSA. They could come back and sue for being uh, being forced to violate the CSA regulations, safety regulations. But I guess you know that's that's another show. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, that is another show. I mean, that's an interesting thing. I was really fascinated by Paul's presentation at the last uh, convention in Kansas City. I, uh, that's an area that I don't think a lot of people know about. I think he's sort of unique, and it's like, I guess this is a commercial for Paul Taylor now, but he deserves it. <laughs> and there, yeah, there's some there's some pretty interesting possibilities in that area of law. Uh, for situations like this, you know that fact pattern or scenario you talked about with a guy being dissatisfied with repair or woman sorry to the trucking females out there that the brakes were bad, and they said, "Oh, I just drive the next stop, you know it'll be okay and then they you know 
get right. dramatically injured. You, you know, hopefully yeah. the, the 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 being forced to drive. I mean, the regulations say you're not supposed to drive a truck that's unsafe to drive, right? Right. Right. And and <clears throat> so that's that's where the CSA that, would come that is in. A whole other show. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with workers' comp, but I guess they do have that. Listen, do you guys over at a truckers truckers dot com? Do y'all uh, do you have a guideline you go by by choosing what case you will take? I mean, the severity of the injury or anything like that, or how how do you determine if if you will take a case? Because I know after the show, I'll get emails like you know, well. You know, I, I broke my finger. You know, I mean, do you do you have a guideline you go by when choosing which cases you'll take? Yeah, we have to figure out whether the cost of of, of uh, litigating the case or fighting the case just are, are justified by what we could recover. I mean, because you don't different body parts like the finger is a good example. If you lose your whole little finger in Nebraska, you're only entitled to ten weeks of benefits. Wow. Um, yeah. And okay. And our benefits are kind of middle of the road in the United States. Now, if you have a carpal tunnel in your wrist that leaves you with a sore wrist, I mean, then, you know, or your hand becomes completely disabled, your benefits are much higher. So the kind of injury you have will determine you know, whether a law firm will take it. And then, you know, like we have six lawyers in our law office and, and you know, the young the youngsters, if you will, learn on the smaller cases. That's the way it is all over the United States, frankly, on mm-hmm. a, in, the, in the legal profession. So then they work the smaller cases, but there there is a a, a level of case that, w- that that we just can't afford to do that that lawyers, you know, in general can't afford to do. Right. Yeah, I wanted to make sure to get that out there because. Uh, I know I probably have some emails coming in. Well, let's try Kari here, Colorado seven two zero, and uh, like this may have a question. I don't know outside your area of practice, but we'll give it a shot. But Kari, go ahead. You're on sure, the air. That's fine. Hi, actually, I have a couple of questions. Um, okay. I don't know if you remember me. I run the Missing Truck Driver Alert Network, and I've run into some situations with um, law enforcement. Um, taking the missing persons report, I get anywhere from they'll do it right now until the up to seventy two hours later. Is there some suggestion that you have that we can persuade them to make this um, more of an urgent matter since we're dealing with interstate freight? Uh, did you did you get that, Rod? Yeah, I, yeah, I got <laughs> it. I, I I don't know other than probably. It, it, just keep keep working at it and, and you know heaven forbid that you have a real tragedy occur where they didn't get get the word out soon enough if something like that happens you want to try to get as much publicity as you can because it seems like that's the only thing yeah. that changes well that's that's, that's how this all started situation yeah I um, know right we've had that happen since then too with the driver from Seattle but the police department actually did take the missing persons report the snafu occurred when they couldn't get a court order to ping the phone until the following Monday, and that yeah. driver was found deceased. Okay, that answers that question. The second question I had is kind of two parts. Um, recently, we had a missing driver that passed away in his truck, and um, who, when that happens, and he's under a load, and it's from natural causes, 
Um, whose responsibility is it to get the deceased back to his home since he was under a load? Technically, he was off duty, but he's still responsible for the truck trailer and the content. That would probably be controlled by uh, whatever's, you know, that would be a worker's comp death, in my opinion, if somebody dies of a heart attack in a truck on, on as a traveling person. Uh, mm-hmm. we okay. Just, well, I, I've, had, I, I've had those where we've got people death benefits for them. Okay. I'll pass uh, and, the phone uh, yeah. number along to the family then of your and let you handle that. Part yeah, we of it. Ju- we just resolved um, one of those where we had where where we where we recovered for a Utah truck driver that uh, passed at uh, if you're from Colorado you probably know where the, at, in Rabbit Ears, Rabbit Ears Pass uh, uh, or, or, or you know he died up there and usually with logs and things you can if, if you can show that something about the work contributed towards the death, you can get the family money for it. And here you'd put on chains in the wintertime when it was very, very cold at altitude, and then he died a little bit later, according to Qualcomm records and so forth. But that question about who's legally responsible to get the, the remains back home, in Nebraska, where I know the law inside and outside, there isn't anything on that other than that that that's, that states anything that who's responsible, other okay. than, you know, and what as a general rule, the the bigger the state, you know, the bigger the population, the more specific rules there are, to be honest. So you know, I imagine that in New York there's a rule about that, or California, but out mm-hmm. here in the middle of the country, in in our smaller states, we don't have statutes or laws that cover all those circumstances. I, I and which I could state? Give you a answer, but that's the truth. Which state would be responsible? The trucking company state, the state he died well, in. You have an argument was... about that. You yeah. You have an argument about that. Honestly. Really. If if, if it is a work related, yeah. I, you know, I I've seen a lot of. Uh, well, we don't get a lot of these, and the ones that I've had, the families had to bring the body home. Mhm. Mhm. Well, we we did have uh, a situation. Um I don't know if you if you noticed it. I'm sure Emily noticed it on um Facebook because she's really savvy um with her social media. And yeah. there was a driver and um the the body was, you know, it was up to them to bring the body home and and they weren't in a position to do it and uh trucker charity uh Stepped up to the plate and um, and brought the the, the remains home um, with a very dignified uh, the way they did it. Um, it's it's a great organization. They were at the convention. That is a great organization. Year. We've had we've we've uh, called them uh, to help out uh, on a couple of cases. I you know I was I didn't know they existed until we went to uh, your uh, convention and. Uh, mm-hmm. Heck, they even have a facility in my hometown that I didn't know about. So. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, they're they're a real good organization. Kari, does that answer your questions, or? It does, and then uh, there was another situation. I wasn't directly involved with it, but I am now. Um, where the widow is determined that the driver died from carbon monoxide poisoning, should these families be requesting um, a complete autopsy because? Sometimes there's not enough left to autopsy. 
by the time yes, the bodies were found? Yes, an autopsy. Absolutely, having an autopsy uh, is makes it much simpler to uh, answer the legal questions. The, the case I referred to about the gentleman that died in Ravadier's past, there was no autopsy, and that was a real complicating factor. We couldn't even prove he had a heart attack. Well, yeah, I, well, I need to just schedule some time with you and give you a call. I don't want to take up all the time on Ellen and Donna's show, but I appreciate your answers. To be blunt with you, next tomorrow is a terrible day. I'm going to be I'm, Me too. I'm involved in an OSHA investigation most of the morning and then have something I absolutely have to do at my home in the afternoon. But next week I'm pretty free if you want to call in. I'd okay. be happy to yeah. chat with you. All right. We're tied up to the weekend too, so that's not a problem. I'll just leave a message. You can call me at your convenience. Oh, that's tell everybody great. where you're going to be this weekend, Kari. We are going to be at the – well, I'm not. Lee got stuck under a load, but – we were going to be at the um, Expeditors Exposition in Wilmington, Illinois. We will be in Booth, I'm sorry, Wellington, Ohio, um, with the Lightning Logistics um, Group in Booth 304. And we will be out there spreading the word about Missing Truck Driver Alert Network. Okay, Good wonderful. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm really All right, excited. Whoops. Get her back here. Go ahead, Kari. Oh, that's okay. I was done. I was just going to say I was really excited to be part of Lightning Logistics and that they are donating their boot space to us to uh, get the word out. Us, yeah, they're, they're, they've been really good, you know, getting you guys around, and uh, I know everybody's grateful for their flexibility and their uh, support of missing uh, missing truck drivers. We need to get more companies um, on board with that. So we'll talk about that. I'll do that during the announcements. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Carl. Appreciate it. Um, you know, Rod, she, she brings up some of the things, you know, you were first saying in the show where, um, you know, truckers, uh, I mean, they really do have a, a great deal of obstacles in their way. I mean, such as that. I mean, you know, they could be a 1,000 miles away from home and, 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 and pass away like these drivers have done and, I was kind of surprised to hear you say that that could be workers' comp, but I mean, it would have to—you would have to prove that it was directly involved work-related, right? If they yeah, have like a heart exactly attack or something like that. Yeah, but that's one of those areas that the, the multiple jurisdictions and the traveling worker status can be of benefit. Uh, and it, it, it's hard to. Explain. There's some presumptions that arise depending upon how people are found in different states. I mean, we've I've had a case years ago where a guy uh, we couldn't prove how he fell, but he fell in his truck and he died, Uh, and and you know we were able to recover for his family. Uh, the, 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 the devil's in the details. There's that old phrase about all kinds of things, and in the law, that's particularly true. You know, there's rules also about whether they're deviating from their route. I mean, if a driver is supposed to be on route and, and they find him five miles off at a place they wouldn't be expected to <laughs> be at if they're, you know, driving, there's an argument that they're not entitled to benefits if they're 
you know, deviating from routes. So it's uh, well. Supposing they took a shortcut, harder, you know, certain conditions are harder to prove. Like a heart attack is hard to prove. Uh, you have to have all kinds of doctors' testimony that the that the exertion of the work was like the principal cause in some states. In some states, you don't. Uh, my introduction to different jurisdictions was probably 25 years ago where I had a gentleman from Nebraska died of a heart attack in Georgia. And uh, it was much easier to win in Georgia than in Nebraska, much easier. And we were able to get his, he ended up brain damaged and uh, didn't die until a year ago. And his wife and family got paid all that time, uh, something anyhow. And uh, there was special money set aside for the kids. So if a trucker dies, his family ought to talk to a good lawyer to figure out if there's an angle that can get get him something. Well, yeah, that's what I was sitting here thinking, listening to you talk. I mean, it's an interpretation of the law. I mean, I mean, don't go this alone. I mean, this 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 is why you guys are out there. Uh, I mean, I definitely check with an attorney. Let's see, you guys are at truckerlawyers.com. I don't. I don't know how much time you have to share with us. Uh, I mean, if you need to get going, just let us know. But I do want to touch on a, one of the. Go ahead. I, I've got time. I I, I said it's I've, I've up to two hours. I don't care. You know, I, I enjoy this. It's fun. Okay. Well, good. Well, one thing I wanted to go over. You have it on your website at uh, truckerlawyers.com under avoiding common mistakes, and I think. Uh, I think a lot of people do that. I mean, it's just like you know, we, you know, the average guy, girl out there, you know, you know, we don't know the law, and just listen to you talk, it's becoming clear that I mean, it's really technical, and and you really need to know and have somebody on your side. So, can we go over those um, uh, eight yeah, eight common mistakes that people do on, on workers' comp and personal injury? Yeah, the first one is failing to report the injury or the illness. Uh, many states, in fact, all states require prompt reporting. That prompt can be different from state to state. You know, some of them say within 72 hours, some of them say five days, but there's always a requirement that an injury be reported. And uh, if you fail to report it, it can end up just taking your right to make a claim away. You just, Mm -hmm. you lose it. And I mean, just like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it it has to, it it, it doesn't, well, it happens too frequently. I I was on the phone with a guy today, a client of mine who who should know better, and he was, he he admitted it. Uh, He hurt his shoulder doing something. He wasn't a truck driver, but he knows when he hurt it, and he told management, well, I think I sprained my shoulder today. And he told the coworker, but he never really filled out an accident report or formally reported it. He he did about three months later, and by then uh, uh, he was guilty of not reporting it promptly, if you want to say guilty. But you know that was their claim, and we we couldn't find a doctor that uh, would say that it was work related due to that long delay. And then we went to see the doctor, and this is going to be the, one of the next common faults, is he didn't really tell the doctor how it happened. 
And okay. Mm-hmm. These didn't, two didn't give together is a failure to report and then failure to give some details and a description of how you got hurt. For some reason, people are, I think, fearful of um, getting in trouble with their boss by making a workers' comp claim. So right. know, even though they can tell you a lot of times the minute something happened, when they go to the doctor, they'll say, oh, my shoulder started hurting a couple months ago. Right. And then the doctors can only go by what they're told, and they won't say it's work-related unless somebody tells them it's work-related. Mm-hmm. That, this all kind of flows together, this this page on our website about uh, uh, reporting and telling what's going on with you. Um, so do you have questions about what I've said? I maybe, you know, or do you just want me to go through the list? No, that's fine. Yeah, we can just go through the list. So the first one is failure to report the injury or illness, and number two, failing right. to give a full and complete description of the symptoms, and then we now get into number three. Important. The symptoms the are symptoms. symptoms. The symptoms are really important because uh, injury, our, our bodies are wired, our nerves are like the wires in your house. Mm-hmm. And if you have an injury at a certain place, it's it's going to cause problems downstream. Uh, a neck injury may cause numbness in your fingers or in the back of your in your tricep area on your arm or something like that. And if you tell a doctor that my hand my hand's numb, that's a red flag to a doctor because it doesn't match up with the wiring diagram. Hardly anybody has completely numb hands unless they're paralyzed. Mm-hmm. And so people get treated as as being exaggerators or not being truthful just because they don't really give specific descriptions. And if they, you know, if you when I ask people, well, you say your hand is numb. Is that on the little finger side or the thumb side? And they go, oh, it's on my thumb side. It says, well, you've got to tell your doctor it's on your thumb side mm-hmm. because he's going to pay more attention to you. That's just a, 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 how important the details are because the doctors um, have their protocols that they go by. Same thing with back injuries. Lower back injuries cause problems in your legs and feet. And if you tell a doctor that my leg is numb, they're going to think you're crazy. That's probably okay. an exaggeration. But, I mean, you know. Yeah. Well, this is all basically Sorry. just, uh, I mean, we always hear, drivers always hear document everything. So, basically, you're just really trying to just document, just get everything down in documents and, and have it ready for you just in case you do have a case. Yeah, th- you know, if they if, if they... And you need to get, you know, think about where it hurts. I, when somebody calls me the first time or if they come in here before they've gone to the doctor and then it, or, or I say, did you tell them or, or make sure you tell them, you know, exactly where it hurts, how it hurts. We use uh, heck, that depending upon how much time we have to see them, we'll have them drawing on anatomical drawings where it hurts, you know. Reds, pain, blues, numbness, so we can try to figure it out because that makes a hell of a lot of difference uh, mm-hmm. in terms of how, how seriously the physicians look at the cases, the doctors look at it, and, and whether they think it's something that's really serious or not. 
All right, do you find that some drivers are afraid of even um, getting fired if they put a workman's cop claim in? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and of course, that's not allowed. I mean, that's against the law, or, or is it? In, mo- in most states, but there's but but once again, those aren't automatic. It's not automatic that that you can recover if you're fired because uh, most state laws that have anti-retaliation provisions are set up so that the retaliation for making a claim is the main or maybe sometimes even the only reason you got fired. And employers are very good at manufacturing records say, well, we fired this guy because, you know, he's late for seven loads or damaged mm-hmm. some cargo and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. And he already had ten points and then being late when he supposedly got hurt gave him two more, you know. Right. They're, they're good right. at working the system. That's what So these are legitimate fears then? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess I guess you know I'm I'm just hearing your, your answers, and I'm I'm thinking, boy, I bet you and uh, and Paul Taylor work well together. Um, <laughs> well, we, because yeah, we I send can him see... a lot of stuff on when we get these these employment things. That's that that he 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 works more on that. But it, it, once again, all employment cases have different jurisdictions, and you know they they get to be a just a hell of a snarl. I'm sorry if I'm. I guess I'm getting tired, and so I'm now the real me is coming out. But <laughs> uh, you get a driver in Colorado that's working for an Iowa company, and they get fired. It's probably an Iowa lawsuit over the termination or discharge, and they're mm-hmm. 700 miles away. You know, the the, the tactical, practical advantage always goes to the employer. It seems. Right, it's and that always seems really to be the case. Deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> well, well, all these these eight common mistakes they all tie in together. Number three is failure to give an accurate and consistent description of the accident conditions or activities causing the problems. Yeah, that should probably. I'm glad you're. Sh- I I hadn't looked at this since I wrote it a long time ago. That should probably be number two. That makes more sense. But yeah, you got to tell the doctors. And whoever you're reporting to, you know how it happened. If you feel that it happened when you were pulling a pin out from underneath the uh, uh, back of the truck or something like that, you, you need to try to be accurate. And and sometimes uh, this is probably more important when you have repetitive uh, kind of conditions or something unusual. You need to. I recently took in a case where a guy had some sort of a automatic braking device that was defective and he the, the doggone thing was going off and either almost slamming on the brakes or really reducing the speed and he was getting whiplashed like crazy you know and, and uh, he uh, did a good job and his doctor's on his side and then that's where this pitfall comes in if you, if you don't really stress it to the doctors they don't understand what work has to do with it so you have to educate them on what you actually do yeah, and I would I would add to um, to to write it down then and there when it happened because uh, I mean time goes by you forget you want to be consistent in your descriptions like you have on your uh, website truckerlawyers.com. I mean I, I received a 
a letter in the mail today from a law office in Tampa because I was a witness to a, a pretty severe uh, crash last month, and they <laughs> they gave me a form to fill out, and and it happened uh, oh, almost almost right at a month ago, and and they were wanted me to describe what happened, and I realized I'd already forgotten, you know, like the color of one of the cars. So, I mean, it's a pretty good idea to write it down right then and there because, uh, I mean, you forget, and then on your website here it says, you know, it can give an impression of inconsistency, which can lead to suspicion and doubt, which could be the loss right. of uh, loss of a claim. Yeah. Okay, number four. Oh, go ahead. Professors do, but they, well, they'll come in and they'll stage a crime, an un, unexpected crime, in front of a classroom, and then the the, the professor will usually uh, do it, and then they'll ask people to describe what happens. And it's amazing how different people see things. Oh yeah. And a lot of times, even when when people are witnesses, and you know they they might remember something. You know, and it's very vivid at one point, right. and then maybe a week later, something more um, apparent that they remember. So it's not even inconsistent. It's just that it's your brain. I mean, it's not yeah. like you know a, a book where you can just refer back to it. It's 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 more complicated. And, and and the more severe it is, I mean, you know, you hear about these witnesses of like an armed robbery, and um, they're telling the police, yeah, he was about 6'1", 6'2". It turns out he's like 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, so it's really amazing what the brain can do in so, so, you know situations like that. Exactly, yeah. Well, number four, well, now this is... This, 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 looks like a giant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Number four is, uh, I mean, this kind of should be a no-brainer, but it's a good thing to point out, signing consent forms or other documents provided by your employer or the insurance company. I mean, that's uh yeah, that's There's a that's, whole lot of things that can go wrong with that unless you have somebody look at them that really understands them, you know. Uh mm-hmm. in Nebraska, for instance, we can you you have a right to pick your own doctor unless the employer follows a procedure that takes it away from you. And and they they're supposed to advise them you can you can pick your own doctor. Uh, so why don't you write down your doctor's name, and, and if you don't write it down, then you lose your right to have control of your medical care. And there's all kinds of little tricky things in different states that are like that. You just have to be careful uh, about what you sign. And of course, that's generally true in all legal matters. But, I mean, they're... Uh, well, the bottom line is before you sign anything, get an attorney. Probably ought to if they're asking you to sign something that you don't understand, you know. And, and, yeah. And, and a lot of people are capable of understanding the legal documents. Some of them are fairly simple. If all they want to do is get a copy of your medical records from a certain doctor, but you know, depending upon the circumstance, that driver maybe ought to have a lawyer get a consultation with the lawyer about you know what's what the, what might be involved in their case before they start given the insurance company free access to everything. Yeah, well, I think, you know, like you said, you know, I mean, they're they're going to look out for themselves first, so uh, not a good idea to sign anything. Number five is exaggeration of symptoms. Now, uh, I found that one interesting. Can you explain that a little bit more, exaggeration of symptoms? Well, this has to do, it, it kind of 
is a maybe a in common with the thing about giving an accurate description. I mean, they they that's what I'm going to say. It's kind of kind of goes along with number three. It emphasizes number three because what you really run into this is they'll, they'll ask people about. There's a pain scale, which is kind of an abstract concept, but if you've ever been hurt, they're going to ask the doctors everywhere you go to have an exam. I just broke my arm, and so I went through this where, you know, I went to the, the urgent care and emergency room and then my orthopedic within about three days, and every place you went, they well, how bad does it hurt? Is it, you know, with 10, the worst pain you can ever imagine, and, and zero being no pain, you know, what's your pain level? And it, it they're kind of meaningless things, but an awful lot of people, just because they don't understand it, will say, oh, it's 10. You know, it's a 10, right. 10, 10, 10, 10. And that just makes you look like you're, I think it's innocent sometimes, but, you know, and some people exaggerate, but you just have to be careful. And you also don't want to exaggerate on the opposite end uh, how healthy you were. I mean, if you've had back trouble in the past, don't say your back never hurt before. <laughs> right. <laughs> Another recipe for losing your case and not getting any benefits. So, mm-hmm. Well, how far back and, can you go? I mean, let's say, you know, it used to hurt 30 years ago or something. I mean, do they really go way back? You would be surprised uh, how mm-hmm. diligent uh, people on the other side get if it's a big claim if somebody's going to have to have a major back surgery mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. And, and they're and they've represented that they've never had trouble before they may they look at those real hard and they have, mm-hmm. and the insurance industry has access to health claim forms and things like that that the rest of us don't so it, it's surprising uh sometimes the other thing about the exaggeration that that i should have mentioned is that videotaping of of uh, people is becoming increasingly common. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, that's where we get a lot of the exaggeration claims where somebody will tell a doctor, well, I can't, I can't even lift 10 pounds or I can't lift 5 pounds, and they'll have a video of them coming out of a supermarket and throwing 40 pounds of dog food into their uh, car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't well, yeah. really think people are knowingly lying there. I mean, they're talking about when they say they can't, they mean that uh, it it hurts when I do something. And I try to avoid it. You know, we all do things because we have to. But that's a that's a that that's the area where people get in a lot of trouble. And some of the TV shows will, you know, like the the anti. Little guys, a reporter, there was a guy named John Stossel that used to have these shows showing people being phonies, you know, saying they couldn't. Right. Well, what they mean to say is, yeah, I can't, I can't uh, lift five pounds without it hurting. So, right. I mean, that kind, of, that's a whole different ball of wax. Um, like you said. Well, all right, I'm going to gut up and pick up this 40 pounds, and I know it's going to hurt, but I have to do it. So that that's just yeah, different. There's nobody else here to do it, and I can't afford to hire anybody to do it for me. Right, right. I mean, that's reality. So. Okay, number six, failure to document work restrictions. If you have a work restriction from a doctor, you ought to, 
you ought to have it with you all the time so there's no question about what you can or can't do. You know, in the trucking industry, this maybe is a little not that common a problem because a lot of trucking companies won't take you back unless they're full duty or, or whatever. But, I mean, if you have a – some companies do take people back with work restrictions, and if you have a lifting restriction or pulling restriction, you know, you can't do – something for, with more than 20 pounds and it's a you know the, the, you're going to be required to do something that violates that I mean you should have that restriction with you and point that out at least you, that I'm not supposed to be doing this and try to get help doing it it's a tough mm -hmm. put people in a tough bind uh, to, to be out there working hurt but you should always have the restrictions on you. And we take in a client, we give them a waterproof thing to put their work restrictions in so they can have it so it doesn't get damaged by sweat. So if they're being asked to do something, they can always pull it out and say, wait, you know, here's what my doctor said. You just try to, try to protect yourself. Okay, number, uh, <clears throat> number seven of the eight most common mistakes, failure to obtain legal counsel in time. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised that would that would be that would be that would be further up the uh, further up the list. Well, I'm not big on the material that we put on our websites are designed to try to educate people, not get us hired. And there's a lot of these smaller cases that you talked about. You know how big a case is it before a lawyer can get involved or can afford to get you know do it. A lot uh -huh. of these things kind of work. They're, they're, they're themselves out some don't um, but if, if things are getting denied if, if you're not getting the treatment that you think you need uh, if you feel like you're being put back to work too soon a lot of people just kind of go along to get along and then they find out after they've been back to work for four or five months and they're just literally crippled that they that they might have really messed things up. I mean, people have to be aware that they should get some legal advice if if the, if the questions kind of start to mount up and the concerns start to mount up, you know. Uh, okay. In other words, if you go back um, too soon, that could hurt your case. Yeah, because if you and if you if you tolerate it for a while, uh, it. it it, it kind of proves that maybe you aren't disabled if you can work for a long time. You know, if you mm -hmm. gut it out, tough it out. I mean, there's kind of there, there's scenarios or situations where you can create problems if you if you don't kind of hang in there. But it goes back to what we talked about earlier this evening. You know, people just get put in terrible binds where the insurance company comes up with an IME that you mentioned earlier, an independent medical exam, which really should be called defense medical exam that says, well, hey, you're okay to go back to work. And even and, and, and because of that, here's your job, and if you don't come back to work, you're not going to get paid anything. Well, mm -hmm. a lot of people will go back to work, and that's probably a time when they ought to talk to a lawyer and mm -hmm. figure out... Mm -hmm what their rights are and 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 whether they should fight for their rights or not. I mean, a good lawyer can can tell them that. That's mm -hmm. probably a and also I think that's pr probably the most common situation for for yeah. anyone. 
uh, because it is, and I you think know, it's maybe more common for truckers because I truckers most of them seem to love what they do, and most of them are willing to put up with a lot of grief and pain to get back out there and and, and do their thing. I, I see that more with truckers than any other kinds of workers we represent. Hmm. They're a unique, a unique breed of people, I think. Yeah, they're hard workers. They, no doubt about it. Um, I was just sitting here reading this as you're going along too. The okay, the num last one, number eight. Uh, trusting the advice of your employer's workers' compensation insurance or risk management management representative. That's kind of a partner with don't get a lawyer soon enough because a lot of trucking companies try to uh, uh, catch the fly with the sugar, I guess, instead of the vinegar and, and just sweet talk people and tell them very pleasantly that, well, there's just nothing more we can do for you. This is all all the law allows, that sort of thing. Try to talk them into settlements of their cases for what might seem like a good amount of money, but maybe is you know half of what it's worth or a quarter of what it's worth, that kind of thing. They have to, people have to think about who's paying, uh, paying that person that's given the advice. Yeah, I mean they're 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 watching out for the company, not you. Basically, yeah. <laughs> right? It's surprising how many people. You know, when we talk to, oh, they were nice. I thought they were taking good care of me. You know, and there's a whole class of people out there now that that we really uh, red flag our nurse case managers uh, that come to people that are injured and and give a nice face and a sympathetic tone of voice and tell them that uh, they're there to help them understand and get them back to work and and you know they're really uh, trying to help them get better because they know it's terrible to be off work and you're really upset and you're really anxious and you're really fearful. And what they're really trying to do is figure out how to get them back to work as fast as they can with as little medical care as they can to save money for the uh, employer. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Well, those are the the eight most common mistakes. And, uh, I mean, you can find that on workerscompensationwatch.com to get a little bit more detail. But, uh Anyway, our, uh, the best way for people to get a hold of you, Rod, is that just through a truckers, trucker, uh, truckerslawyers.com? Yeah, or our website. It's reamlaw.com. Uh, you know, we've got uh, – there's different 800 numbers on them because one of them is by – the Trucker Lawyers is an independent website, and, that, and, and we don't track that. That's our – we have toll-free numbers on that. And then the, our other websites are done by a commercial vendor, and they want to track, you know, what – what comes off it. So we have slightly different numbers, but we got all kinds of toll-free numbers people can call us with. And uh, on all of our websites, we have email contact, uh, um, you know, fill in the blank forms too. So okay, and to uh, you're on. Back. We try to call people back the day they call us um, or, or email back right away and uh, answer people's questions. Okay, all right. Well, that website, truckerlawyers.com. And what's the other website? Reamlaw, R-E-H-M-L-A-W.com. Reamlaw.com, okay. Right. Okay, yeah. well, listen, I, I know you're tired, and I know how hard you guys work over there. and uh, I appreciate you coming on and and um, 
Any final comments you just want to share as we uh, have to wrap it up here for the evening? Anything that we didn't cover? Anything that you wanted to specifically get out there? No, I think we, you know, I, I wanted to just uh, respond to what you guys were interested in, and uh, thank you for having us on. Be delighted to do it again sometime. It'd be kind of fun to get Paul and I on together to talk about the intersection between comp and uh, uh, the, the 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 employment aspects that he's involved in, and you know, the violations of the Safety uh, Act. I mean, it, there's there's a real interesting connection there i think well now you guys you guys uh i see you're like in i mean what i have in front of me here you guys are in like five areas of law employment law is one of them correct yeah but we've we've never gotten much involved in the in the employment aspect of, of the that paul is paul's in under that federal regulation we're looking at right. that, but I mean, he does such a good job that when we get one of those right right now, we just send them to him because he's the guy, you know, he's the man, so to speak, you know. <laughs> hey, that. Hey, I'm going to write that. Would that will be a good show? We'll have to do that. Yeah, that'd be that'd be fun, and uh, I I wish you uh, you well and hope that your health issues get resolved. It'd be great to see you guys again down there uh, wherever you do the next trucker uh, uh, social media convention. And I think you're onto a good thing. I think that. Truckers uh, are, are increasingly uh, savvy with social media, and it, it's a neat thing to see. I think it's a, it, exciting for all of us trying to learn how to to uh, use it, not abuse it, and also not get abused by it. So, you know, lots of challenges. Well, definitely. And one, I, one thing I like about it is just the contacts you made. Like, I, I know that's where I guess y'all hooked up with uh, with uh, Paul Taylor and everything, but. Um, We'll we'll see how it goes, but look, I, I I know how hard you work. I really appreciate you coming on this evening and and sharing your time with us. I, I really do, and we'll we'll try to work together in the future and get you and Paul on here. To, that that'd be a great show. Okay, I, take you, care. I'm you, gonna go home uh, and uh, eat dinner and uh, and uh, see what reality TV show my wife's watching tonight. Okay, <laughs> all right. If she, if, if she heard me, I'm in trouble. I think <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Rod. I appreciate it. And um, Donna, I heard you trying to talk, but you were on mute there. Oh, yes. I, I wanted to ask him uh, about the Social Security disability benefits um, that come up because of these workman comp cases. Um, but Well, get through them online. I'm, I could tell he was kind of tired and and uh well he's put in a big day. Yeah, they 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 work hard and then they come on here and give their time. So, but um well, you can catch them though. I mean, you uh, like I said, August first. You you need to learn about that workers' comp. Oh, I mean, that yeah, social security. Um, so. All right, listen. I've got quite a few years left before <laughs> that. Let's not give a false impression. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. We'll take a quick break, and Don and I'll be back to wrap up this broadcast of Truth About Trucking Live. So, hang with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. Alan Smith will be right back. Truckers, 
Are you looking for deals on trucks, trailers, parts, or equipment? Or maybe you need to sell something truck-related. Well, there's a great spot on the web where truckers deal with other truckers. No middlemen involved. That's why we call it TruckerToTrucker.com. There's no charge at all for looking. And if you want to place an ad for what you're selling, it's just $19.95. And it runs till it sells. So whether you're buying or selling, it's time to log on and take a look. TruckerToTrucker.com. Check it out. That's TruckerToTrucker.com. Hey, everybody. Thanks again for listening to Truth About Trucking Live. And I want to tell you about TCRG Consulting. TCRG is a division of Transportation Compliance Resource Group. And with over 30 years of compliance and regulatory training and consulting, they are the company that can help you from the very startup of your new trucking commercial business to keeping your company compliant and up-to-date on the ever-changing federal motor carrier regulations. Their goal is to help their clients to comply with the FMCSRs. TCRG Consulting makes your DOT compliance easy and understandable, and they work hard to prevent interruption of your daily operation. So if you're having trouble with DOT, just think TCRG. Their services include obtaining DOT numbers, obtaining operating authority, new entrant carrier setup and training, driver qualifications, driver drug and alcohol training, maintenance records, CSA carrier reviews and counseling, data queue filings, plus a whole lot more. Their online special for driver Drivers and owner operators is offering a yearly consulting service for only $99. So for $99 a year, you have access to online compliance chat, free telephone consultations up to 15 minutes per call, data queue filings, and you'll be able to keep up with the ever-changing regulations with an expert, not the guy or gal in the truck next to you. So for more information, go to their website at tcrgconsulting.com or email them at regguy.com at comcast.net you can get a quote or ask an online question so remember if you're having trouble with dot just think tcrg tcrg consulting information and assistance to help you comply check them out tcrgconsulting.com there's a lot of copycats out there but you know there's only one truth about trucking live now back to the show Okay, Donna. Well, it's been a while. Catch us all up here. Anything going on that the listeners didn't know about? Yep, I had to unmute. Um, you and that mute button. I know, I know. I try to keep the background noise uh, level low. Uh, yeah, we have we have a couple of announcements tonight. Uh, one we brought up before when uh, when Kari Fisher called up, and that that had to do with the missing truck driver uh, alert network. It's a, a network that helps families find their loved ones when they go missing out on the road. And you'd be surprised. I don't think people realize the hundreds uh, of drivers a year that go missing and can't be located, either because of an inadequate, um, faulty GPS or no GPS um, or anything like you know like that. Because a lot of times people think, well, how can you go missing with a GPS? Well. In the last six months, there's been two missing drivers. Both had their GPS not working. So, um, oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah. This last, um, we had a, a, an unfortunate situation um, last week. A driver went missing. And, of course, the Missing Truck Driver Alert Network uh, puts it out all over Facebook, uh, Twitter, 
and social media, other social media websites. And um, the driver was located. Unfortunately, he was deceased. <clears throat> there was a very um, difficult problem having the remains brought home. I can't hear you hardly. <clears throat> there was a difficulty having the driver's remains and his belongings brought back. Uh, we're very grateful to Trucker Charity, who we mentioned before. Also, the Professional Truckers Association uh, put together quickly uh, a, a fund and sent the family over $200 with that. But Trucker Charity actually um, had the, you know, actually I think the gentleman, Raymond, is um, in the process of coming back home now um, for that. So this is the Missing Truck Driver Alert Network. Uh, even though it's been around now for a year, uh, it, it still has a long way to go. It has over 10,000 fans on Facebook, and there's, I think, almost 5,000 in the group on Facebook. You can look it up, Missing Truck Driver Alert, and you can ask to join the group. Um, they are having a funding drive uh, because, believe it or not, and th this is this is really unbelievable to me, that Kari and Lee have been funding this themselves, their truck drivers. And uh, just recently, um, people have been do donating, drivers and uh, people in the group. And what we're asking um, is for in until they get their 501, uh, what is it, Alan, the 501C3? Yeah. Okay, that, you know, if everybody could donate a dollar to help them because the expenses are unbelievable to keep, keep this thing rolling. And you can contribute to their PayPal at missingtruckdriver at gmail.com. That's missingtruckdriver at gmail.com. Another way to support this uh, group is to go to the website and buy a T-shirt. Um, they're really high-quality T-shirts. You can see them on the website. And the website is missingtruckdriver.com. You can find them on Twitter, uh, Missing Trucker. You can find them on Facebook. But whatever you do, join the group and spread the word because that's what they need more than anything is to have the word shared uh, about, about this organization. Um, they will be in, at the Expediters Expedition in Wilmington, Ohio, Booth number 304. So if anybody's going to that who's listening tonight, uh, go over to booth number 304. Uh, they'll have the T-shirts there. You can pick one up and take your picture, and they're going to be posting a lot of pictures uh, up on Facebook and Twitter. Um, let's see. I, oh, I know. I wanted to definitely our guest tonight uh, Rod Ream from Ream Bennett and Moore and uh, the other website, truckerlawyers.com. Uh, we want to welcome them as our uh, radio sponsor, uh, along with our other sponsors, Lone Mountain, XRS, truckertotrucker.com. Um, we're just thrilled to have them. You know how Alan and I, and everybody knows this because of the convention, you know, we take pride in just being surrounded by people of such um, 
uh, high integrity and advocacy for drivers. So we're we're thrilled to death that they're coming on board um, as uh, one of our radio sponsors. Yeah, we have the best sponsors. You know, like I was saying earlier, I mean, here's Mr. Ream. You know, you know how hard attorneys work. They put in long hours. A lot of hours. And People yet, don't realize it. And yet he, you know, he takes the time to come on, and and he would have stayed on the whole two hours. But I, I just, know. I got to thinking, you know, this guy's tired. <laughs> let, let him go home, <laughs> and then he throws out a good idea like him and Paul coming on here. But they they put in all this time, you know, on on their own after a long hard day of work. So we we got the best sponsors there are. We really do. Um, Lone Mountain has been with us since almost the conception. Oh, yes, yeah, in the beginning. So um, they're, I mean, just wonderful guys. Um, XRS, they've been with us now for a few months, trucker to trucker. And it seems, you know, we're just really thrilled to have, have them all supporting everything we do. Um, I do want to make one more announcement about the Missing Truck Driver uh, Alert Network. Um, if... Kari is really looking for sponsors, trucking company sponsors, to help out uh, with this with this endeavor. Um, if you could email her, if if you want to be a sm- sponsor, have your banner linked on the page, and it gets a lot of traffic that page. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so, a bunch. I mean, I think she had something like twenty two hits in less than an hour. I mean, we were talking the other day, which is which is really good. And people might say, "Oh, it's not much," but it's a pretty new website. So um, mo- most of the people are going to Facebook, but now we're sending everybody over to the to the um, to the website. So um, give Kari uh, uh, a shooter an email or leave a message on missingtruckdriver.com. And have your banner up there. Show your support. Um, if you're a trucking company, show your support, you know, for your drivers that, you know, you do care uh, about what happens on the road to them. And if you're just in the trucking industry in any way and you want to show your support, uh, just go over to the website to the contact us or shoot her an email, missingtruckdriver at gmail.com. Uh, either way. So I just wanted to say that because they really de- do need uh, some more some more financial support for this endeavor. Um, the other thing I want to mention is the truck parking survey. Uh, Jason's law uh, was passed. It's in Map 21, and now we have one more week left for the survey before those results are analyzed and compiled. And uh, what it will really show is a picture of the United States of where the most needed truck parking facilities are needed, where where they're lacking, and then there's the focus group of of just the the details of each of these areas. This is this is a tremendous effort that has been taken by Hope Rivenberg of uh, www Jason's Law dot uh, com. Um, or jhlrivenberg.com, and Richard Wilson, uh, another uh, sponsor, TCRG Consulting. Uh, he's helping with compiling all the data. Andy Warkaba of AirDoc and Warkaba and Associates, and Desiree Wood of the Women Truckers Network on Blog Talk Radio, who has um, put a tremendous amount of 
uh, work into this and effort and has uh, been Hope Rivenberg's uh, right-hand man, so to speak, um, helping her, you know, with a lot of the things in the truck parking focus group on Facebook. So uh, even though the convention has been postponed till 2014 where this presentation was going to happen, they're still doing a presentation. It's going to be an online presentation. We're going to have more details about it and probably a show about it and um, articles on Ask the Trucker, but it's still going on. There's seven more days to take this survey. Um, the easiest way I can tell you to take it is just to go to our blog, askthetrucker.com. There's a big big banner right up there as you get on there on the right. It says, take the survey. Uh, big truck on it, the right to rest. You need to do it, and uh, we'll we'll have the presentation uh, information for you. Um, if you have any questions about the survey, you can contact Hope Rivenberg directly at hope underscore Rivenberg at gmail dot com, uh, or you can or you can just send us on our contact us on Ask the Trucker, and we can forward it over to her if you forget that. Um, I think, I don't know, I can't think of anything else tonight. Uh, those were my big announcements for tonight. Yeah, and, that, and, and that, that's still a very important survey because the, the results of that survey is still going to be uh, presented to the FMCSA. And, uh, the DOT, yes. And I forgot to mention that. You're absolutely right. And it's, right. Going to be a, it's, it's also going to be a part of the DOT survey, which which they are doing as required by the law. So a uh, very important survey. Oh, it, it's it's so vital, and I don't think people realize the importance. And, you know, another thing I just want to mention about these people who are, are who have helped with this, you know, they're not, they're not getting paid. Um, you know, there's no grant money out there and saying, here, you know, for, for all your work. This is something from everybody's heart because it means so much to them. And I, I, I really need to um, express that to everybody because a lot of people, because I know how people are. Oh, they're probably getting a bunch of grant money. No, they got nothing. So um, go over to the blog, take the survey, and not only take the survey, but share the survey. There's ways you can share it also once you take it. And we only have seven days left. So um, we'll look forward to seeing it all over Facebook within the next 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, and and people are sharing it. I mean, it's kind of like the last sprint to the finish line. And I noticed. I mean, I, there was like 13 shares on one post. So that's how things go viral. So we could easily have another. I mean, I think there's over 2,500 or 3,000. Uh, people who completed the survey, we could we could easily add another thousand, oh, wow. another thousand in the next week. We just were we were hoping just to get a thousand. Yeah, when this initially started, that's what we were all talking about. Yeah, how how easily it would be for us to get a thousand uh, surveys completed, and and now um, I do believe it's close to three thousand. So oh, good. Mhm. All right, is that it? Oh, that's it for now. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. So, Okay, that'll do it for this evening's show. Thanks for tuning in, be it live or through the archives. We appreciate it very much. And be sure to bookmark us and add us to your favorites. And 
we are on our way to hitting that 300,000 listener mark, so I'm watching for it. Thanks again to our guest, Attorney Rod Ream of TruckerLawyers.com. Check out their website and their blog at WorkersCompensationWatch.com. A lot of great information on workers' comp and personal injury law as it relates to you, the professional truck driver. So until next time, on behalf of Donna Smith, TruthAboutTrucking.com, AskTheTrucker.com, Blog Talk Radio, and Truth About Trucking Live, I'm Alan Smith, and we will leave you with fellow driver Tony Justice of TonyJusticeMusic.com down the road. So everybody drive safe, and thanks for listening. Yeah, that's Rod Anthony. (laughs) Rod Anthony, down the road. Thanks, everybody. We'll catch you next time. Down the road.